Dad Pod. Welcome this is a video thing as well. Have a name. Podcast. Or midlife crisis. Howdy daddy. Mm. Midlife crisis. <laughs> Dadcast. That's not bad actually. Yeah. Dadcast. Misadventures in parenting. Brought to you by Cadbury Freddo Treasures. Discover the new Freddo Treasures Space Series with Cadbury Dairy Milk Buttons, one surprise toy in every chest. Hi, you're very welcome along to this week's edition of the Dadcast. Uh, some of the dads are here. Nathan is here. Good afternoon. Dave is here. Hello, dads. You're very slow off the mark there, Nathan. You go, yes, I am. Hooray. Welcome. We've all managed sorry, to be Sorry, sorry. As, as you were saying hello, somebody was WhatsApping me on my phone, and I was half reading that and half listening to you. I apologize. See, this is the problem. This is your parenting style. You're on yeah. your phone. Dad, put what, your phone what, away. What, 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 what? Yeah. Where are we? Literally. How did we get here? We're, we're in Mayo. And is that a, a, a bone of contention between your children and you? Um, no, it'd be more, I'd say, a bone of contention with my wife and me. <laughs> be present. Yeah. But, 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 I'm going to be in a while. Give me five minutes. Just give me leave five minutes. The, leave it out of the bedroom. <laughs> Jesus. And the phone as well. Bloody hell. Hey. <laughs> Nathan, we should ask the question of Jer. Are we recording, Jer? We are 100% recording. I'm checking it again. It says pause slash stop recording, which suggests that there is something happening. It does. Excellent. Yeah. So I, I'd like to apologize. Nathan, do you want to go back on um, some of that old ground last week and give us a review of your holidays? Because people didn't actually hear a single word you had to say about your holidays. Apart from the well, promise uh, at the end, you slated the place that you were at. And we should, of course, remember that my holiday reviews are much sought after, considering my rave review of Lanzarote last year uh, resulted in record profits before they had to shut the entire place down, unfortunately. <laughs> but, but it did work in my favor because I managed to get a refund because of one of the people who had listened to us had also booked in and found a workaround to cancel it and get a refund on a non-refundable booking. So it all worked uh, out in my favor in the end. I told them that my wife was pregnant. So I'd rang oh. them three times and they were like, it's a non-refundable booking. There's nothing we can do. And then I must have mentioned it on the Dadcast, and I got a DM from one of our listeners saying, oh, I had the same problem. I told them my wife was pregnant that we wouldn't be able to travel. Ne- they were offering a voucher. Uh, we wouldn't be able to travel next year either. And I got a refund straight away. So I rang them up and um, it was the same girl who I'd been previously speaking to <laughs> three times. Because <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, as if we'd never spoken. I didn't realize. And she goes, yeah, I sent you an email twice over the last month about this and I was like oh oh yeah yeah oh yeah I was like yeah um yeah things have changed my wife is pregnant now uh so look even in a year we're not going to be in a position to go and she's like oh my god four children congratulations you're going to be so and I was like oh my god four children dear god that is that, that would be quite shocking she goes I'll give you a refund straight away and sure wow. enough two days later the money was back in my account wow I still haven't got my Ryanair uh, money back I still haven't got the money from Aer Lingus for the flights yeah I'm sure it's coming um Nathan, that's bold. Like that is, that is absolutely a hundred percent tempting face. And I, you know what? I hope miraculously you do fall pregnant now, just to see the response. <laughs> well, if for oh, some the- reason this person working in the hotel is a an avid listener of the Dadcast, can they take the Murphys to court now and get this non-refundable refunded amount back? Maybe. Hopefully not. We've all moved on. <laughs> but- What's more likely to happen is that one of our listeners decides to screw you, Nathan. I didn't get my money back, and I'm going to send this clip helpfully to the. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And they will... It's going to be on some message board. This hotel <laughs> is going to end up shutting down. Everyone's going to lose their jobs all because of me. Yeah, 
and suddenly nice. they're like, hang on, it was a very fertile, uh, very fertile period in lockdown in Ireland. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have they not heard about condoms? <laughs> well, did you or see the, the story yesterday that Hollis Street are expecting, because we did talk about this at the start of lockdown, Hollis Street are expecting a baby boom. Whereas we, I think it was pointed out that every person going in to have a baby, it'll definitely be their first baby because nobody who had children already was thinking during lockdown, the one thing I need is more children. So yeah, there is going to be some sort of a baby boom, it seems. Yeah. The, um, the boozing that everybody did at the start of lockdown though might have prevented those people who already have kids from remembering to be careful. So there's like a, you know, it, it could actually be a, a nice slice of demographic. Do you remember those days when we just had a drink every night and <laughs> we wondered when this would ever end? And here we are, five months later. It hasn't still ended. Having a, still having a drink every night. <laughs> uh, well, thankfully, I've been back at work, so that has been the main reason I have not been having a drink every night. But um, it's, it's just starting to creep in on me again, the possibility that this is going to get worse again before it gets better permanently. And... Um, I'm just praying now within two weeks out from the school resumption that it really happens. Yeah, by the time this episode gets edited and dropped, it actually will probably really only be a week until um, the school Christmas. happens. Well, it could be. <laughs> I'm, I'm promising nothing these days. Well, I've been very good about this, you know, ever since uh, our, our friends, our new sponsors came on board. Um, and before I, I talk about them, Dave, tell us about what, what are your plans or have you had any communication just yet? Yeah, well, the email we were expecting from the school has dropped in the last couple of hours. There's a lot to read through, I think. So I haven't sat down to do that yet. I'll do that later. And yesterday, our Montessori were in touch for the younger guy. And there's a couple of pages worth of reading there in terms of some of the changes they've made. There's no um, school bag allowed anymore. Um, all food and any items brought in have to be brought in in Ziploc bags. Obviously, no parents are allowed on the premises anymore, which we would have gone in sometimes to collect them. And there would have been a couple of other parents knocking around the place. How do you get um, You ring and say we're outside. You stand, you stand in a designated area outside and then I guess the door opens and they run out to you. Okay, um, how do they know it's yours? Is, oh, they just take a punt. But, I mean, is, uh, there, is there going to be random strangers standing outside, crashes, having children dispensed to them like some kind of um, reverse candy man? Look, let's hope not, but like maybe they're just some of the risks that people need to take. <laughs> we all need to do um, a bit, that is. If you have dispensed any sort of medicine to your child, like even something as trivial as a Nurofen or a spoonful of Calpol, they're not allowed in. If they're on antibiotics for any reason, they're not allowed on the premises until the full course of antibiotics has been completed because the creche and Bontessori staff can no longer dispense medicine to children. Right. Um, I think that's it. There was probably, there's probably a couple more I'm missing, but yeah, there's an awful lot to think about. That's pretty hardcore. I just want to uh, tell everybody that DadCast, The Misadventures of Parenting, is brought to you by Cadbury Freddo Treasures. Discover the new Freddo Treasures, the space series with Cadbury Dairy Milk Buttons and one surprise toy in every chest. Uh, these are treat-wise at only 76 calories. And you can also get the white button version, the white Freddo Treasures, white... Cadbury Dairy Milk Buttons and one surprise toy in every chest and there's one extra calorie that you have to uh, suffer through for that uh, creamy white chocolate goodness. So that's probably worth it. Just run up and down the stairs once. You've got that one calorie boxed off. Happy days. Um, Nathan, you are obviously a power broker. You're, uh, you're an, influence, an influencer when it comes to the whole issue of the return 
protocols to your school. You, you might be said to be the czar protocols in whatever school <laughs> your kids are in. Oh yeah, well, as you know, as you know, being the chairman of the PTA is a vital role in society, <laughs> and never more so, never more so than right now. Are you yawning on purpose, there, McIntyre, or is it? <laughs> is it just unfortunate that that the camera is on you right now? And little I can from see this. A, little from column B. I got, I'm, tr I'm struggling to wonder why, and maybe Jerry's just taking the mic, but why the PA have any involvement at all in this? Uh, no, they don't, overly, um, aside from, you know, the school would contact the PA just in case they have any general ideas or any thoughts. Okay. Or, and obviously, sorry. as a P PTA, you would be offering to assist in any way you can. Yeah, oh, exactly. That's it, Dave. Busy Southside parents who couldn't possibly prevent yeah. themselves from sticking their nose in and lecturing the school <laughs> on how they know better. And, and King, King of them is Nathan there. He's like, no, no, no. Wow, I am, I I am, know, I'm not sure I would do things that way now. I am the, I'm the last person to do that, um, considering I'm married to one of the teachers in the school. Um, <laughs> I, am, I am not going to be that guy. But uh, yeah, the, so they sent out an email last night. and geez, It's difficult because... Like, obviously, the department have sent out advice, but every single school is totally different in a million different ways. So, like, the primary school my kids go to, I'm fairly sure they still don't have hot water in the bathrooms. So, <laughs> you're talking about washing hands and hand sanitizing and all that, and you don't even have hot water. They also have a situation... How can they have hot water, though? Like, they can't have kids scalding water. themselves. Luke, lukewarm water. Well, I mean, you look at the toilets in most schools, it's difficult for them to be able to gauge the temperature that is safe for all kids to the point where A, they don't burn themselves and B, COVID is killed off mm. on their dirt, grubby little hands. It's hand sanitizer, I think, is going to be the, the most important thing. Yeah, and I think there's advice on that in that they'll be, you know, they'll have their own personal hand sanitizer and there's going to be no real sharing of... Uh, copy books or anything so everybody where once upon a time a table would have a set of you know uh, pencils and markers and various um, different things they'd use now everybody's going to have to have their own one that won't be shared I think from third class up they're all going to be in pods again how effective this can really be so you'll be in a pod with four or five other kids for the entire year you'll all sit at a similar-ish table and you won't interact with the other you won't go near the other students in any way while you're inside but then when you're on your lunch break actually you'll all be outside together and that's just fine and sure god knows what they do when they like our play dates gone forever or <laughs> will people stick to having play dates with the people in their pods i doubt it uh, it's all common sense stuff so too much it all comes back to the parents like the parents need to be responsible in all of this so like the areas where you can see problems are the picking up and dropping off in the mornings because the parents congregate so School starts, I think they're at 20 past eight, you're saying, don't get out of your car. Don't congregate at the school gate, which again, because the school's slightly different than other schools in a way, they've got this long uh, alleyway down to the school that the school don't actually own because there's a house at the end of it that they own. So you're not allowed there before 20 past eight. So generally people will be there from sort of 10 past eight standing around. Don't do that anymore. Also, they're going to do staggered end times. But again, you're saying to the parents, don't be standing beside each other, social distance, all of that sort of stuff. And there's only so much the school can do. Like, I'm probably like a lot of people, we spent the first three months going, Jesus Christ, the kids need to go back to school. But now you're two weeks away from it happening. You're looking at the cases rising and you're wondering in practicality how you can implement too many of the regulations you would want to implement in terms of 
social distancing, wearing masks, things like that. So, like, it just seems to be a hidden hope here. Get them back. I hope to God that in the community it's not really out there and that it doesn't get into your school because you are you are relying on parents staying away from each other and also the number one of, like, I know, like, parents not sending their kids to school when they're in any way sick. Yeah. Like, just has to be. I would be quite harsh in this. Like, I would have been suggesting that, you know, you have to basically shame everybody within the family if the child is sent in sick. Yeah, you have to isolate them, ring the doctor, ring 999, COVID officers coming in, all of that, just so that the parents know if you do this to your child, like it's, it's, it's not really fair on them. So, like, you would hope... But can you imagine, some... imagine how many days our kids are going to miss? Yeah. My kids are generally in a position where if in a COVID era they are suffering from the same symptoms as they have done for the last two years, I would say I would be unable to send them in at least 30 or 40% of the time. Yeah. Only nose, cough, sniffle, bit of a high temperature. Well, everybody no, knows. No can do it. it. Well, that, I, I literally had this conversation with my wife about two hours ago because the uh, now two-year-old in our house has a runny nose. Like the first yeah. time in six months, anyone's had a bloody runny nose. I'm like, dear God, if this goes around now and the lads end up getting a cough or something next week and they can't go to school for two weeks, uh, what a disaster. But I was saying, you know, if they end up with a runny nose, like, well, a runny nose isn't one of the symptoms. So, therefore, they should be able to go to school. I'd say that is going to be contained in this pack that I have to read. They'll ha- sh- we'll have to go through all of the symptoms. Let's hope runny nose isn't on it because my lad, one of the lads has pretty much has a runny nose on a permanent basis. My yeah. wife was shopping last week with the younger guy who was pretending he had a cough while in the trolley in the supermarket. And then oh. after every cough, he would turn around to my wife and announce that he thought he had the virus. My <laughs> <laughs> good man. Oh, oh. He's going to get arrested in the airport for pretending <laughs> to be having a bomb. <laughs> he thought it was the funniest thing in the world, which it kind of was, but like not right now. No. Not this, at this delicate time we have now reached. But he would be the one that would have a runny nose, a little bit of a cough regularly. And you're going to have to basically press pause on everything that you've planned for that day or indeed that week potentially. Or look, an ear infection that you might get antibiotics for. Or a chest infection, you get antibiotics for. That's him gone for. What's the what's the normal length of time it it takes for a course of antibiotics to complete it? It's certainly a week, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's usually five days. You should have run through it generally in about five days. Sometimes it's seven, but you know. I mean, gone for a week. If you're talking about chest infection, you probably don't want them in school at the moment. No. Okay. We'll say an ear infection, for example, mm. or a sore throat. That has nothing to do with COVID, but like kids get them all the time. Um, you go to your doctor, oh yeah, I'm going to give him some steroids and a course of antibiotics, gone for the week. Whereas before you might have kept him out that morning, sent him back in the afternoon and you could rely on the staff and the school or the creche or wherever it might be, childminders, to dispense the medicine on that following day. But we can't do that anymore. There's going to be, attendance levels are going to drop, aren't they? And therefore, the amount of time the kids spend missing out on lessons is going to increase and I just wonder, is it going to be possible for teachers to complete the curriculum through a term or through a, an ordinary school year? Well, the curriculum is changing anyway. So for the first month, um, I know in their school, there's no homework for the first month. Um, and there's a focus on maths, English, Irish, 
above everything else and also I think on whatever the social studies they do are. So just to bring everybody back up to speed again for on the basics that they may have missed out on. So I think the curriculum has slightly changed anyways. Well, that makes sense, but do, doesn't it? But do, like, like, there's so many questions. I think they still haven't figured out what happens if it does, you know, if three or four students are off sick, does the teacher have to teach them at home while they're off? Like, do they, as they were during lockdown, send them a different set of schoolwork? Or are you just off sick like you were back in normal times and, you know, you lie on the couch all day and do nothing? That's a good question. But it, I guess it would be easy. I'm, they, it's easy for them to put a system in place whereby the day's learnings can be condensed into um, a package that's put on the same platforms we were using throughout lockdown. Mm. And they could be sent first thing in the morning or maybe a couple of hours into the day. I'm, I'm not sure, but like, there's no reason if, if, if a kid has a sniffle and parents really don't feel they should be sent to school that they miss out on three or four days of homework and um, studies in school because you don't want the kids, other kids, you know, racing ahead of them. Yeah. Like the way everything else is going in this country right now, it feels yeah, like it's all like being a mess. Well, certainly, uh, it feels like, do you remember Ollie was at the wheel after the uh, <laughs> Paris and then, uh, like, oh, we've got this and then things didn't go very well immediately after that. It took a long time for them to actually show some signs who, of progress. Who's, who's our Bruno Fernandes? Well, he, someone who has yet to come flitter across our consciousness. There, there must be somebody riding on a white horse who uh, has to burst in now. Um, did everybody get sent the Rob Delaney um, article in The Guardian about SNP? I got sent it like independently of the Dadcast account, which got it about 15 times. Uh, I got I got it DM'd to me quite a bit <laughs> over the last while. Did you see this? Did you read yes. it? Yes. Yeah. No. Did it, did it inspire you? You know, Rob Delaney, the comedian. I do. Yes. Yeah. He went and got the snip. Um, you know, he, he his wife has had four babies in four years. And certainly she's been pregnant for like a long time over a seven year period. And, uh, that was he decided he had enough and he went and he went and got it done and wrote a pretty good piece. It was a it was a, a funny scene where he got caught jerking off at three o'clock in the morning and uh he's like, oh, what, what what are you doing? He's like oh, I need to make sure that it uh, doesn't have any blood in it and I didn't want you to see it in case it did. <laughs> and she's like, Oh come on, you can you can do that with me. So uh it seems like uh, they were back riding again and everything was grand afterwards. So all's well that ends well, I think was the what I took from that. Yeah, Hello. It, it certainly, certainly upon reading it, it hasn't driven me into the arms of the nearest surgeon. Um, you know, and I know he made the, he wrote the line at least once in the piece, a 40 minutes of pain is a small sacrifice given that my wife spent, you know, the guts of 40 months pregnant over the course of the last seven years. And that, you know, that's fair, that is true, but I still don't really want the 40 minutes of pain. And the fact that he <laughs> he had to ask the surgeon to go in a second time because he could feel everything. And the local anesthetic hadn't quite taken hold. They had to give him a booster. And he was asking for laughing gas and he was asking for all sorts of additional sedatives to try and help him through the process. They love their, they love their laughing gas in uh, Britain, don't they? I don't think it's as common over here. It's almost like it stopped at uh, Hollyhead or something. 
Uh, Dave, who was in touch by DM, says, love the podcast. As a guy who's had the snip, I can tell you, do, in uh, capital letters, do get the anesthetic into the ball bag. This, before the doc opens the bag, little slit, pulls out the tube, then cuts them and burns the ends to seal them. And yes, you're awake. Yes, make small talk. And yes, can smell the burning. Oh my God. <laughs> well, now it's never happening. Well, that's, like that, you can, that's the same as going to the dentist. You know the way the dentist yeah. cleans you. We've lost you there, Jer. I don't know what his dentist does for him that's uh, in some way comparable <laughs> to a vasectomy is all I'm wondering. Oh, no. no. Like, not, I suppose you, you don't ask for root canal surgery. Yeah, this is definitely elective. Bags, slits, tubes, pulled out, cut, <laughs> and ends burnt. That's like just a thing you have to do. We've had a very long email about this, which I'm going to get to here because there's uh, some funny lines in it. We lost you for about a minute there, Jared, but uh, you keep going. Go to that email. When, when, when did you lose me? Uh, um, when you just when, came back with the slit and the ball bag. Yeah, oh, somewhere between somewhere between sealing the wound with, by burning the two ends and then coming and the back dentist. with the slit and the yeah. ball bag. I guess if you want to avoid the smell of burning, I was going to say burning flesh. It, is it even flesh? It tissue? Muscle. I don't know what it is. Tube. But burning tube. Um, you could wear a nose peg, I suppose, or hold your nose if you want to get rid of that particular unpleasant aspect of the of the process. What is that burning? Am I having a stroke or are my balls just being destroyed? <laughs> get Either some, way, it's um, not good. Get some menthol and put it on your nose underneath your mask. Right. For the sake of not giving my name, let's say I'm called Ricardo. Ricardo Esteban Esquire. If you're giving yourself a fake name, why not go exotic on it? I love the podcast. I've heard a few times you talking about getting the snip and the conversation often ends with visions of wincing pain, like someone is going to slice your mickey with a rusty scalpel. I'll give my story when I got the snip last year. I was 33 when we welcomed our second child into the world. Our first child was born 15 months earlier. So you can imagine while my good lady wife was pregnant with number two, we were bracing slash freaking out for the ensuing madness. We discussed options and how not to make it three in three years. Do you have, no, none of us had three in three years. Uh, pill implant didn't agree with my wife. Condoms work, but after a few pints, who hasn't taken a risk on it? So we discussed getting the snip and both agreed that having two kids made perfect sense. We get to put our love into two wonderful kids while safe in the knowledge that in 18 years, we get our life back. Maybe 23, depending on the economy. After our second was born, I booked an appointment in the clinic in Galway to get the snip. A lot of research was comforted by the idea that it won't be the Texas Chainsaw Massacre down there. I made an appointment for Friday afternoon knowing that I don't have to take time off work. I'll get a couple of days recovery before having to go back. After a consultation period, uh, mainly focusing on being 34 is quite young to get the snip. But after talking through why I thought this was the right thing to do, then we were good to go. It's, it's good to know that, you know, you might be talked out of it, but it's not just for the money. Procedure takes 20 minutes. It's like going to the dentist, but a dentist that shaves your balls first, unless you have a dentist that also does that, in which case the similarities are more remarkable. In the physician's room, you drop your trousers, leaving them on makes the procedure more tricky. Hop up on the table, lie back, and you get shaved. Very, very weird experience. But we... I've all been in a labor ward, so nowhere near as weird as that. I was wondering where that was going. <laughs> then the doctor applies local anesthetic into your ball sack. It's like two pinches in your sack, and then you're numbed up, and the doctor is good to go. You do feel some tugging, and it obviously is a weird sensation throughout the 15 to 20-minute procedure, but I can say it was not, not painful. I mean, tugging doesn't seem that unusual for some of you guys. The doctor was very friendly and talked about holidays and the like, so it took your mind off what was happening. Does it really... Like, it couldn't possibly. 
I don't think that's a good distraction. When he's done, you get some gauze applied to your balls and off you go. They don't recommend driving long distances afterwards. I drove for an hour. As the anesthetic wore off, it was a dull pain and driving started to become uncomfortable towards the end. Not very sore, but dull. This dull pain lasted a couple of days and started to wear off. I could still walk around over the weekend, but I wouldn't plan any heavy lifting or manual labor for, for a few days. I was back <laughs> in my office job on Monday and no issue. You're going to have to leave now because daddy's <laughs> at work and he's about to read some stuff you can't hear. So. <laughs> No, no, off you go. Come on. It's <laughs> <laughs> no way to speak to your wife, Jer. <laughs> Come on, quick, 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 off you go. Uh, you're going to have to talk amongst yourselves there for a minute while I, <laughs> while I deal with this, because this, this next bit is definitely not for uh, young ears. How come, well, uh, how come that guy never mentioned the burning? I'm, I I'm wondering, did something go wrong? I don't think burning. everybody gets this. It turns out there's two different types of this. I've been doing a little bit of research. It turns out there's like a, definitely a burning. And then there's a, the burning, I think, has no stitches. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, the burning has no stitches, I think. Um, so maybe it's preferable and there's a, a quicker heal. Um, okay, right. Back to uh, Ricardo Esteban. After a couple of weeks, you wouldn't know you had the snip. There is a bit of blood in the jizz the first time afterwards, which is very weird. But that happens. Too much info, he asks. Certainly too much info to share with my five-year-old. Uh, after about six months, you've got to submit a sample to get tested to confirm you're sterile. Apparently, some people have done this, and the story is the same for all. So there you go. No regrets. Carry on life worry-free. So for six months, you can't take any chances, am I right? Yeah. Okay, so, to so go, one on, go on as you were. Honestly, I don't regret it for one minute. There's no side effects. If you and your wife are adamant you don't want any more kids, I'd say go for it. You should also consider a scenario where something horrible happens to your wife and after a suitable grieving period, you get shacked up with a Brazilian swimmer, swimmer model. And in that scenario that you still wouldn't want kids, then I would say go for it. Okay. I haven't thought through that part of it. But I mean, I'm, as much, as, much as these people are trying to reassure us, I'm not feeling you, any better. You. I'm not. Well, I'm not. Well, uh, Jer, you're kind of in a similar boat, are you not? You definitely are, Nathan. I'm I, not, as I've pointed out. I'm not thinking about this till I'm 40. But you've said you gave a cast iron guarantee to thousands of people live at a year ago. Yeah. <laughs> and then the world, you will then the be world doing was, this. The world was struck by a global pandemic. Can you still get it? Can you actually get a vasectomy right now? You can. You can. You definitely They're can. back open. People have been in touch. They have been in touch. Yeah, uh, that age thing, though, you know, Nathan. I was uh, I was in getting a, a medical test just just this very day, and uh, the doctor was like, um, "I was in getting nodes checked out." He's like, "Oh, you're, it's all grand. That's fine. I don't need to do anything." And then discovered this like little shelf, which was like, you know, at your age, uh, you'd want to start thinking about your cholesterol and stuff. Uh, I'm, <clears throat> you know, I'm 49, and uh, I've been taking aspirin for ages. I was like. We're not the same age. What? We're not the same age. <laughs> what? What are you talking about? What? No. Well, you're so you're, you're not fake. that far from forty-nine, are you? Well, I'm I'm much closer to Nathan than I am to my my good doctor, who was an excellent doctor and uh, full of uh, good advice. But uh, your whole like, oh, until I'm that's you're just in a different demographic now, Nathan. Like you're at high risk for stress-related illness. Oh, know, that's for sure. They start talking to you about stroke and heart attack and you're like, and so I came home and celebrated with a slice of banana bread and two biscuits just to like 
maybe to try and say goodbye yeah. to that life. But, yeah. That's depressing for you. But it wasn't great. What other advice did he give for your mid-40s self? Uh, go and talk to your GP. Sort out, uh, you know, check check your blood pressure regularly. Check your cholesterol regularly. This is, And then you're, you're like, so I had to go to the hospital to get it done. And you're wandering around going, look at all these sick people. And you can realize that, like, they're looking at you going, geez, look at all these sick people. Like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> How quickly so you looking go at you going, geez, that guy's got a few problems, I'd say. <laughs> How quickly you go from being like a fully functioning member of society to somebody who's like, you know, passing people who are ringing other people explaining that, oh, they've upped my dosage. And I was like, Jesus, you know, you get, you get in the point where you're like virile and worried about like uh, impregnating someone. And then all of a sudden <laughs> it's like, well, I mean, we have these little pills that might help you if you need them. Do you know what I mean? And I'm like, wow, okay, fucking hell, that happened quick. How often, comes you gonna, fast. how often do you need to go in and get your bloods done? I don't know. I mean, that way I don't. Like, yeah, I, well, I don't know because I haven't, I haven't seen the GP since. But um, right, yeah. I'm assuming that my cholesterol is fine because I've been eating so well over lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, some people have a naturally occurring high level of cholesterol, which they take medication for despite being completely healthy in every other aspect of their lives. So... You know, it's not the end of the world if that is a road you do have to go down. But um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's inescapable the fact that we are getting old and that our kids are getting older. And well, certainly some of them are. Um, Nathan, obviously, you still have a toddler at home, and Adrian does. He's not here today, but you just have to try and do it as gracefully as you can, Jer. Yeah, well, it certainly <laughs> it was it was another kick up the ass to be like. Maybe if we're facing into a long winter of everybody being sick, you want to be as healthy as you possibly can and uh, put the rest of the banana bread down. <laughs> um, the, the other thing that happened um, was we were watching the French uh, Call My Agent. Have you seen that? It's on Netflix. It's pretty good. It's like a comedy drama set in a um, French movie agency and it's set in Paris. And so I was chatting about uh, parts of Paris and how we'd all been there for the Euros. And um, I should talk about Brexit as well, because I actually flew home the morning after the Brexit result happened. And my wife was like, oh yeah, I forgot, I forgot that you were in France, the Euros. I was like, yeah, I was there for like three and a half weeks. She was like, yeah, I can't remember anything. We had just had our third child in March. <laughs> and I went to the Euros for like three and a half weeks. I came home early for the quarterfinals because uh, I was like, oh, I'm taking the complete piss now. In <laughs> retrospect, I could have stayed the whole time because you can't remember a thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, geez. Yeah, the shit you got away with. Yeah, because I did the same in 2012. I went to the Euros with a three, and then I went to the Olympics. So I was gone for pretty much the entire summer. But I felt, so my wife was, um, she was accepting of it. And I think we, you know, lots of help sorted for the few weeks in Poland and all that. But then I was um, sharing an apartment with uh, Dermot and Dave. And I, you know, was obviously explaining my, how terrible a husband I was having deserted my wife with our first child, three months old at home. And uh, Dave is like, yeah, my wife's due tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't go home. For the two weeks, she somehow managed to hang on, and she managed to hang on. Oh, well done, he got, her. He, he got all the games in, and he managed to get home for the birth of the child. Oh, that's impressive. 
But uh, I guess that goes back to the email last week where your mom was like, is this the end of my life? It's like, play your cards right. Just make sure you're present when you're there. And you'll get away with loads of stuff when uh, everybody's asleep and uh, too strung out on fatigue to notice, it turns out. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, we did get away with it a little bit. You're right. We, sh- we should have enjoyed it more. I wish I'd tried to pull more stunts then. Don't, don't really feel like I've got away much at all. Do I did. I, I definitely felt that because um, I think I was five weeks in France that time. I did, that was definitely a... This is a, this is a, no, no, this is a really good opportunity. I'm going to enjoy this. <laughs> this is okay. not the sort of yeah. opportunity. This is not the sort of chance that's going to come across around again. You know? Yeah. I think we pushed the boat out. Yeah, well, the, the best we were in, myself and Nathan were sharing the duties of the World Cup of 2015, the Rugby World Cup. Oh, God. So we did about seven or eight days apiece and then came home and the other guy went out, did seven or eight days and then came home and, uh, Maybe well, maybe I should have just told you to stay where you were, Nathan, and I could have just stayed for the whole tournament. Because we only had one then. Wouldn't have been the end of the world. Oh, but but it, all that worked, was, it all worked sorry, out well. Geez, bitching and moaning sports commentators is the worst thing in the world, but that was some of the longest weeks of my life, staying in a Premier Inn <laughs> and Burton-on-Trent. And I, I'm sure I brought this up before. Both my children, so as you say, we did every second week. But on two weeks when I was gone, both my children at the time got chicken pox and not just a mild form of chicken pox, proper full scale, hardcore, couldn't sleep all night, high temperatures destroyed with them. The first of them, I think was the day I went. So I went in the morning, got a call from my wife that evening going, oh, eldest lad has chicken pox. I come back a week later and he's pretty much fully recovered. The second one you couldn't make up. I'm sitting on the plane on the tarmac in Dublin at about half six in the morning, and my wife texts me again and goes, you're not going to believe this. <laughs> Sends me a picture of the, of the youngest lad covered in them that morning, and I'm just flying off for another week. Like, when I think about it now, I'm like, I'm like what a terrible person I am. Yeah, what a shocking father. You, well, you, you, you need to go put bread on the table, Nathan. What was going to happen? But exactly, exactly. Yeah. I'm so bu- I'm so busy over here at the Premier Inn in Burton and Trent. I just just couldn't get back home. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. The geez, that was I've never felt as guilty in my life though, because you're just like this, like you know, like anybody who's seen kids with chickenpox, you just know how horrific it is. You're like, oh my god, and yeah, the guilt of like your child is going fun. through this, and you're like, yeah, not doing very much. McIntyre's just walked off. That's fine. Well, there you go. It's uh, he didn't like your chickenpox story. Um, yeah, so that was that was our crack this week. I don't have anything else. My my two thoughts were, geez, we got away with quite a lot, but actually didn't realise how much more we could have got away with. Well, I'm I this week I've I'm back to full time daddy daycare, and after a couple of weeks where one of them was in camp until one thirty every day, and I miss camp already, but I can pretty much cope with everything apart from the hitting. And I'm no better at coping with that than I have been at any stage after six years. Well, not six years because it was only one for the first couple of years, but certainly the last two and a half years. What, what punishments can you put down to try and stop this taking place? I think, I don't know, I, I'm in the same boat with the not being able to take it, like the closed fists where you can hear the smack of well, flesh I heard, and bone. I heard the contact this morning and I 
flew into a rage. Yeah. Um, because, it, because it's after like so many lectures, so many incidents over the last few days where, the last few years, I'd say I've had the same conversation now 584 times at least. Don't hit him. If he's annoying you, call me. He'll be the one in trouble. I'll deal with the situation. <clears throat> I won't consider you a rat. I'll consider you clever for handling the situation properly and ensuring that it is not you that ends up on the wrong end of any punishment that might be meted out. And this guy is incredibly clever. But this is one aspect of his life that he does not seem to be able to grasp. And it drives me mad. Maybe, I don't know, one of the things that we've stopped doing, I try and stop doing is completely shouting. Because there, there was a thing going around on, I don't know if it was on Twitter, if somebody, somebody shared it to me, it was like a shout, bigger shout, fear, anger. It's just a circle of shit, basically. So, like, they're actually grand with the hitting. The other, the victim tends to be okay. Like, there's an immediate scream. It sounds like she's hurt. And then a minute and a half later, she's fine. So long-term damage isn't that severe. No. You've got to try and explain that this hurt. You can't hurt people. Because that's... But then I thought, like, he's going to go to school and get battered. And do I want him to be on the other end of a battering and not know how to look after himself? So, like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, well, I, 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 thumping somebody half your size is not exactly learning to look after yourself. Well, learn how to throw a punch, you know? <laughs> confidence, <laughs> confidence, you know? Yeah. It's like you, you know, a heavyweight fighter. You don't go straight <laughs> in at the deep end. You take some easy fights to start yourself off and get yeah. your rhythm. <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't mind, I don't actually mind the general thumping too much. It's the cheap shots that always annoys me. Like the eldest lad is lethal for it. So the youngest lad will, you know, just give him a thump or give him a, you know, quite brazen in front of you. Whereas the other lad will wait till, you know, he might be half lying down on the couch and he'll, there'll be a flying knee from across the room. Or if they're playing football, one of them will, you know, shove the other one down and give him a bit of a kick when the ball is there. He'll go straight in on the neck with the knee or something. You're like, what are you doing? Like, you're actually going to properly hurt. But just stand stay, up and, stay off the ball stand up stuff. Fight him. Stand up and fight him if you're going to fight him. <laughs> Don't do something that's actually going to properly hurt him just so... So there's no way back. Yeah, there's no real cheap shots here. It's just... Relentless. It's you're provoked and then you just lash out. And this morning was one of the few times I've actually... I didn't see it, but I heard the contact. And, I, and it's so fresh after a similar episode yesterday where I read the riot act and explained in pretty calm measures and tones overall why this was just unacceptable and why he was my son too and I wasn't going to stand by and watch one of my sons being struck in the face whether it was a stranger or whether it was my other son Another that son. was doing it <laughs> don't you touch my son don't you react like what am I doing here so and then I was kind of trying to explain to him Can you like look how much bigger you are than him imagine someone that size above you struck you in that way how much do you think it would hurt trying to get him to kind of see what it would be like to be in his little brother's situation being hit by someone who was way bigger than him but i'm not sure any of it got through we'll see until tomorrow i don't know it's hard because like uh, we definitely there was a bit of we watched the old last katie taylor delphi pursuit fight which i hadn't seen at the time and it's like if you haven't seen it 
uh, since coming out after the rematch. It's unbelievably violent. Her soon ends up with like a giant welt on her face mm. and beats the head off Katie Taylor. And Katie is like headbutting her and getting headbutts back. And you know, funnily enough, there was an escalation in the um, in the uh, Gilroy child on Gilroy child violence. In can't, the, in can't, the see it, can't see it, can't be it, Jer. Can't see it, can't be it. Certainly, there was like a right. So that, I like your stance, but I know what you're going to do. Don't do that. So uh, the the pride has yet to overwhelm the anger, but maybe at some point uh, after. you need to turn that into a social media viral video that you send to Katie and say, look at the inspiration you're providing <laughs> yeah. for my family. I have found myself turning into a rugby referee who's standing, you know, by the rock. <laughs> and, you know, he's like, six, hands off, six. Six, leave it, leave it, six. Roll away, roll away, six. And then- Don't touch the, the ear. Yeah. <laughs> so the player is obviously looking at the referee going, okay, well, he's, he's warned me here. So they will, they will stop trying to get over the ball or whatever the situation might be. I have, I regularly find myself doing that. So then- the referee doesn't want to be responsible for a game riddled with penalties. And I don't want to be responsible for a couple of hours at home riddled with lectures and iPads being um, confiscated, uh, crying children. So I often just kind of wander around about my business around the house. And when they play together, which they do an awful lot in fair play, it's amazing when they do. But I'm always hands, hands, oh, no, no, hands away, hands away. Show hands where I can see them. No, no. Uh, like barking at a second row. And I've decided there's only two reasons you can ever put your hands on the other guy. It's one is to stop them falling. And two is to give them a hug in any other circumstance. If your hands are on them, it's wrong. Again, I'm not sure the message got through. <laughs> That's quite, uh, quite dictatorial there. Um, but you know, you've got to have some rules. Otherwise, well, what the hell is going to happen? Um, well, look, I don't know. Maybe some of our, our listeners have ideas about how to tone down the violence, or maybe we should encourage a certain level of it. So that, when they go out in the real world, this is less shocking to them. I don't know. Yeah, well, what's age? Like, is there an age limit when they get to <laughs> 10, 11? Like, and they can properly do damage? Yeah, like, I don't know. You could inflict yeah. some serious damage. Well, that's, I, didn't have, I didn't have a brother, so I don't know. Like, when you're 13, 14, are you still battering the shite into your brother? Uh, I don't think yes. we did. Oh, yeah? Aren't you? I don't have brothers, but I think uh, I've, I've seen it. No, I don't know. I don't recall, like in mid adolescence, I don't recall being in absolutely all out fist fights with my brother. I don't remember that. But it would have been an awful lot more before the age of 10, I would say. Because I think we would have done serious damage to each other. Like as a 14 year old, you can throw a punch and you can aim yeah. a kick at a deadly area, and you've started, you've started learned a lot more about the human body and its, its vulnerabilities. Yeah. You're still talking about it 40 years later. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't think so. I don't, I would, look, I, well, Jerry, you're the one suggesting turning a blind eye and allowing a certain amount of it take place. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Is, it, is it better than actually constantly being on edge and being pissed off at your own kids the whole time? I, like, it probably isn't. It's better, it's better not to be pissed off the whole time. Well, you're, I'm not pissed off the whole time because it only probably happens maybe once a day. So the whole episode is a 10-minute episode whereby they might be in their room or... Like, I don't know. It's it's not something that's ruining every day in the mood of the house. Oh, no, sure. Fair enough, fair enough. But like they're they're happens, isolated moments. Yeah, but when it happens, it's like, I mean, they obviously forget about it much quicker than we do, I would argue. Certainly seems to be that way. Yeah, and as you say, together. the the, vi the victim gets over it so quickly. Yeah. 
to the point where you're now. left you're left still angry going yes what, so that's the point what was the point of getting involved in this like no one has suffered any long-term damage but it's the principle of the thing like you, you just you can't be allowing one of your kids get be thumped around by another no and so how you actually get to a point where you can teach that i don't know well, I've I've been mm. trying it for I've been working on it for years, and I haven't managed to come up with a solution. Um, I don't bother sending it to the room anymore because it's just a complete waste of time. Um, taking a screen away is probably certainly a deterrent. They've uh, my kids are one day wandering around the kitchen, helping themselves to all sorts. They have copped on to this weekly hour where they mm. realise Daddy is somewhat incapacitated. And Can't give out to us. There is, you can see a little head peering around the microphone there. There is oh, the yeah. potential. There is the potential for any number of cereal bars and toe crackers to be eaten. <laughs> you put that in the bin for me. Good man. Right. Anything else? Anybody else wants to get off their chest? Well, Adrian was in touch during the week. He, he unfortunately couldn't make today, but he did want to discuss how you should react to that all-out meltdown in a restaurant. But maybe we should leave it until next week for him to talk yeah. through what. Send us your been. stories. Yes, Adrian must have gone through a real life experience this week. Dadcast at offtheball.com. You can use the hashtag Dadcast at Dadcast You can leave a review for us on iTunes. It's very helpful to us as well. Dadcast and Misadventures of Parenting brought to you by Cadbury Fredo Treasures. Discover the new Fredo Treasures, the space series with Cadbury Dairy Milk Buttons, a one surprise toy in every chest. Is there anything else coming up soon that? Um, is, you've already been away, Nathan. You're going to get away again today. Are you going to get away? Is there a possibility of that? No, the kids um, are no, no, there's, no. Uh, we got away for a few days in Wexford there in July. But uh, no, what school is back? That's it. And then on midterm, they actually, I think the hope is that they can get away on midterm. But unfortunately, that coincides with the rescheduled Six Nations ties and a Champions League and Europa League week. So if I do get down there, it'll be for two or three days, Max. So no, nothing in, nothing in the pipeline for McIntyre's. I just hope to God that our overseas trip that is, has been rebooked for next year is doable because we're going to need some sun by then. Yeah. What a crappy, crappy summer it's been. Like, you know, the start of lockdown, the weather was great. Everybody was out. Oh. It was like, if that had been that type of summer, we all would have been, that's okay, we can take this. But like, yeah, yeah. Everybody's added to the depression of the last few days where everyone's looking at this weather going, like, are we in for five, six months of this? Oh, yeah. God. The kid's not allowed out. Crikey. Jesus. Yeah. On that happy note, another Dadcast is in the books. <laughs> we'll see you next week, folks. Thanks very much. Dadcast, Misadventures in Parenting. Brought to you by Cadbury Freddo Treasures. Discover the new Freddo Treasures Space Series with Cadbury Dairy Milk Buttons, one surprise toy in every chest.